You're listening to The Morning Muster, where we get sailors together to talk about the most important topics of the day. So grab a cup of hot chai. Or a coffee. I'm Teresa Carey. And I'm Ben Carey. This podcast is produced by Morse Alpha. We offer rigorous coastal and offshore sail training expeditions. Check out morsealpha.com. This episode is brought to you by Edson Marine. Edson is well known for their steering systems. When we needed to replace our steering cables, which everyone should do about every 10 years or so, we contacted Edson and received wonderful service and advice. Everyone we spoke to was helpful and enthusiastic. We've since upgraded our engine controls and various other parts of our pedestal and have always found their craftsmanship to be excellent. For more information, visit edsonmarine.com. Okay, so today we're talking about working on a boat and not the type of work that every sailor has to do like boat projects and maintenance stuff. We're going to talk about earning an income while living and cruising on a boat. Now this topic is super interesting to me because when I first got my, my Norsey 27 chamois, I realized that in order to make my cruising dreams happen, I would have to have a skill that was mobile. At that time, digital nomads didn't really exist, not the way they do now at least. So. What I did was I taught myself web design and learned to code websites so that when I finally started cruising, I'd have a way to make money. Today, we're going to talk about how I did it and how our guests are doing it now. Uh, we have two excellent guests that I'm excited to learn from because we plan to head back out in a few years with Haven. Um, Cindy is a TV producer. She has lived aboard full-time since 1998, and I'm really interested to hear how work has evolved from 1998 to now. Cindy and her husband, Doug, have two kids. Her entire family lives on a St. Francis 44 catamaran, and they're currently in the Bahamas. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you for having me. Our other guest is Pat. He's a commodities trader or was a commodities trader in Chicago when he and his wife decided to sail the world, and they never looked back. They've been traveling for 20 years and raising their two kids. Pat runs his business, Wanderer Financial, where he trades stocks and mentors other would-be travelers. Welcome, Pat. Thank you for having me. Great, guys. I'm excited to chat about this. I want to start off by talking about something that I found. When we lived ashore, and see if you guys agree with me, when we were living ashore in a house or apartment, we found the, uh, the lifestyle can be pretty expensive, but by comparison, um, living on the boat was a little less expensive. And I think that when people are getting ready to go cruising, they think that they have to make the same amount of money while they're out cruising to uh, have the same lifestyle. Do you guys... Do you guys agree with that? What do you think about that as far as the income required to have a happy cruising life? Well, we we never owned a house. <laughs> so there's that's that's for starters. We went from like college apartment to sailboat. But I, I definitely think that on the one hand, you spend what you have. And I think that's kind of universally true. But yeah, you don't have to make the same amount of money that you were making on land when you transition. You kind of have to choose how you want to simplify and what's comfortable for you and go from there. Yeah. I think what I found as well is that uh, just the lack of access to uh, things when you're out cruising, um, you have uh, big expenses, I think, um, you know, repairing boats and, and stocking them up, but, uh, but all the little expenses that you have in your normal day to day on land, um, you just don't have that access anymore. So those kind of just get eliminated very easily. I was going to say when we were living aboard in a marina, um, you know, I would drive my kids here or there. And then, you know, you, you pass a drive through or you pass a coffee shop and they want to pop in for a for a quick snack. And that adds up. And so you're not you're not doing all those little things. You know, you have limited limited choices. And that's that helps. Yeah, I found that we could maintain a wonderful full lifestyle of basically on half the income, probably because of those little tidbits like that. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Good. So you're both out there doing it, making a living while you're cruising or traveling. How did you prep to do that? Was there any prep involved in making that transition? Mine um, just sort of evolved over time. Uh, when I left, I was uh, I had been a trader for, for a few years already. Uh, and then I left to take off and sail around the world with no no plans to work during that period of time. And while I was gone... The revolution began and everything everything started to move online during that trip um so by the time i was done uh, sailing around the world 
you know, four years later, then my business had just it, it transferred online already. So you either moved with it or you found a new line of work. So uh, for me, it just kind of evolved naturally that way. Yeah. And I would say the same for me that it, it has just evolved naturally over time. I didn't seek out a, you know, a change saying, oh, I need to make a living while I'm on the boat. I just was fortunate that the career path I chose um, works for a transient lifestyle and um, people in television production and media are, are, I think, a little more open-minded. It's not like a corporate culture. Um, So they are open to like, oh, hey, you're doing this thing. Cool. That's great. Well, as long as you meet your deadline, like we're good with that. Back in the old days, people would actually send me tape (laughs) and I would go through the tape and then write scripts and and stuff like that and then fly in and out for shoots. Um, And now everything is digital, which is great. So when we left this season, you know, the biggest concern for me was just making sure that we had whatever gear was needed. My husband is my tech support um, (laughs) to make sure I could have connectivity to post-produce whatever I'm working on through Frame.io and work with my editors and whatnot. And it's all working out so far. Oh, Cindy, are you like, are you in the trenches doing actual editing and stuff like that? So I'm not doing the actual editing because I'm not an editor, Mm -hmm. but I do post-production. So my, you know, I, I write the scripts and sometimes they would call that a paper cut, you know, old fashioned way where we designate what the shots are going to be with what the actors or talent or whomever we're working with, they're going to say, I send it in. Um, I can sometimes remote direct um, through studios that I work with. If the connection is strong enough, mm-hmm. I've done that. Um, sometimes I'll fly back and forth to certain locations or studios, depending who I'm working with, if they want to fly me in. Uh, and then I have amazing editors, all who know I'm traveling and are very flexible and work with me. <laughs> and they do a, a, a rough cut and I review it and I leave notes, you know, frame by frame, second by second. And we work together Mm. to get to the fine cut and get it approved by the client or the TV studio or whoever we're working with. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. So I I, I'm familiar with that process, obviously. Yeah. And you know, what's great is like, it's amazing that I can have it in my pocket. I mean, I I can post produce television videos, whatever I'm working on sitting on the beach with my cell phone, if I have a connection, which is amazing to me, you know, that I can sit there and, and work while my kids are swimming and we're having a nice day. Mm, amazing and also uh, kind of weird at the same time, right? It is weird. And, and I'll be honest, not all of my clients know that we're in the Bahamas right now. I would say 90% of them know. <laughs> um, and I don't think that they would care necessarily, but you don't, you know, when you're freelancing, you don't want them to go, oh, well, she's she's away. She's not available. So we'll pick someone else to do this gig. So I, I don't make it like I don't broadcast it. I don't hide it, but I don't broadcast it. I just try to like be mm-hmm. there, meet my deadlines, do my work. And where I am is not, you know, relevant. Right. Yeah. Pat, I'm, I would like to hear your take on some of that as far as your your day to day activities and what that looks like. Just a quick summation of your day. Yeah, well, for me, it's a, it's almost a, it's a benefit for for my business and for the people to see that I'm actually out there living that that lifestyle, living on a boat, moving around all the time, I'm always somewhere new. For me, it's it's that's what my subscribers are are striving towards in large part. So yeah, I mean, all I need again, you know, is a, is a laptop and a Wi-Fi signal, and and I'm good to go. For me, I just, you know, I wake up in the morning. My, my work revolves around the stock market, so I'm kind of on New York time, uh, no matter where I am. But, you know, it's like um, I'm, I'm up a couple hours before the market and getting online with my chat with my group. And, you know, we just spend the next four or five hours watching the market, discussing discussing things, having a lot of great chats about where we're all at in the world, you know, just, just that sort of thing. So for me, it's really a... A perfect um, situation as far as I'm able to just go off and do whatever I'd like, uh, wherever I'd like, and it, it really makes zero impact on on my business itself. Interesting. How, what's your time commitment per day on that? Is that is that a full day every five days a week type thing? Um, well, I've got a partner, so he does uh, he does like the, the online part of it a couple days a week. So for me, it's it's mainly like you know. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm, I'm there for a few hours in the morning. Um, and that's about it. And uh, then, you know, I mean, just like with any business, you've always got 
there's always more things to handle. You've got emails, you've got, you know, whatever research to do. And, and that stuff is, it can just get done whenever, you know, it can get done at night, which for me is a big thing after the kids go to bed, then get online, get some of that stuff done. So it's, it's nice that I'm able to break it up throughout the day in large part. You know, I do have some time commitments where it's tied to the, the stock market being open, but a lot right, of days right. too, the, the market's just not really doing anything. So there's not, you know, any real opportunities. And on those days, it's very easy to just say, you know what, today's a good day to step away from the computer, everyone, and go out and find something <laughs> more enjoyable right. to do, you know? So we do that a and lot. You know, um, Pat, one of our buddy boats is one of your subscribers. We were all sitting on the beach chatting and they were asking about my work. And then he said, oh, I just signed up with Pat and bum puzzle. And I said, oh, that's great. You're in good hands. <laughs> Very cool. Very nice. Yeah. We've just got a, a ton of cruisers. Um, and, you know, there's just it's it's a really cool group. You know, we we check in uh, into our daily chat each morning and we often try to post pictures of where we're at, what our desk looks like for that day. And I mean, it's it's really amazing to see the wide range and just how scattered we are all over the world. And yet we're able to gather together each morning as if we're in the same room. You know, it's really fascinating um, the changes that have taken place the past few years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that reminds me of when we, we were just sailing with our flip phones. And it reminds me of what Cindy just said about mailing tape and that sort of thing. Um, we, when we used to make landfall the you know the most important thing was to find some unsecured Wi-Fi yeah. uh, back in the day when Wi-Fi's were unsecured and now it's totally different you know <laughs> right yeah I remember trying to pick up those signals you're like oh there's a Wi-Fi signal oh my God where is that coming from <laughs> let's move closer to it exactly like gotta kind of need like a uh, a Wi-Fi detector so you can hone on what direction it's coming from and then uh, haul anchor and move closer towards it. <laughs> I was just going to say that I, I, my work is more deadline oriented. So you must be swinging. I'm swinging. Uh, do you not hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay. Carry okay. on. We're sitting, we're sitting, uh, in Stan, Staniel key waiting out a front and it's pretty, pretty blowy today. So we're swinging, swinging an anchor. We are kind of in a wind and current situation. So we are swinging a little bit here and I'm noticing <laughs> that when our bow points slightly south, the connection gets worse. Um, I did not think to set a second anchor this morning. <laughs> I didn't think it would be an issue. Uh, my work is mostly deadline oriented. So what I do is, you know, accept assignments from different clients. And then I work independently, you know, on my own here, the hours that I need to, you know, working, I homeschool, obviously, we don't have a school <laughs> here. But you know, I do the schooling for the kids and and other stuff too, and then just get my stuff done. So I try not to have too many uh, Zoom meetings if they can be avoided, because they are usually fraught with technical difficulties. And thankfully, my line of work doesn't require them. It happens every once in a while, um, but I usually just try to go voice only, no video, so we don't munch up a lot of our data. And um, just hope for the best and tell them that I have a weak connection and I'm trying my best. And uh-oh, we have a problem again. <laughs> Strange. Can you hear anything, Tay? Well, I didn't hear any of that, so I don't know what you said. <laughs> but I'm sure it was wonderful. It was amazing. It was. Okay, great. <laughs> Glad to hear. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, occasionally we find that the, you know, the issue with, with internet we do find, you know, sometimes you get the better signal if you move across the bay from one side to the other. These days, cellular coverage is just so good that um, we're able to work pretty consistently. And and it also helps, uh, like, you know, with like Sydney was saying about the Zoom calls, um, my business, we really don't have to deal with any of that. My business partner and I have only, only been in, together in person, I think, three times in the past five years. And we, we never Zoom call. Uh, everything's done over Slack, basically text back and forth all day long. And, and that works perfect for us. And it's low bandwidth. And so that is fortunate. Uh, I imagine people who do have to do the, mm -hmm. the Zoom thing all the time. And I imagine that can get to be a bit of a, a, a yeah. wait as, try, as far as trying to find that, that connection that's fast enough for that all the time. 
hopefully uh, Elon Musk is going to solve all that for us. Oh, we are, we are definitely waiting for Elon <laughs> Musk to solve all that. My husband is desperate for Starlink. Um, when we were living full-time on our boats and we heard a lot of people say to us, oh, God, you're living the dream. I would <laughs> right. love to do what you're doing. That is so great. Um, but, you know, I think that the reality of it is it's a little more challenging than it appears to most people, right? So there's some sacrifices. And one of the sacrifices that we found was most significant was um, like the lack of a stable community. For instance, Teresa loves to dance. It was hard for her to find, obviously, dancing opportunities and taking dance classes. I love to play in bands. So being in a rock band was, you know, impossible when you're traveling all the time. And so I just wanted to ask what other sacrifices or what sacrifices have you guys experienced, how they affected your, your working and your whole cruising experience? Okay, I'll jump in. I identify with that a lot because I, I've been a hula dancer for like 15 years and saying goodbye to my you know hula sisters and kind of giving that up was really hard, <laughs> really, really hard. I've been able to do it you know, while I travel, but but this time around I can't. And so that was hard. And I also like to play music. I'm constantly, you know, getting on the VHF and like anybody in the Anchorage play guitar, <laughs> want to get together and play guitar. So, but I think this is, you know, for me, you know, for the last 24 years or whatever it's been, the boating community is my community. So you find little micro communities within the boating community and, you know, the boating community is so amazing and tight knit and trusting that, you know, the smaller sacrifices are, you know, covered up by some of the bigger benefits of the new people you meet. I think, yeah, it's it. a lot of the is moved, you know, to these online communities these days and they aren't the same. I know for me and my wife, um, we tend to be introverted anyways. We don't mind if it's just the two of us for long periods of time. But, you know, with the kids, you, you do tend to want to find a little bit more community. And it's also, you know, you do have to search out those opportunities for fun things to do uh, aside from your normal day to day, you know, you know, whether that be uh, karate lessons or uh, whatever, you know, the case may be. It does require a, a lot of work. You know, we don't have everything at our fingertips when you're out there cruising. And, and like you mentioned, Ben, the lifestyle itself is a lot more work, I think, than is portrayed perhaps. Um, that's especially true these days when uh, everybody that's striving for the lifestyle is busy watching the YouTube channels of cruisers. Of course, those don't necessarily portray real life. You know, I mean, they're Let's talk very about much that, showing, Pat. you know, Let's. how great the lifestyle is. And Dig in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The YouTube channels do not portray what it's really actually like. And I think that as with any uh, media one consumes you have to realize that it is there to entertain and for the people who are putting it out there to make money i think people who swallow it as truth <laughs> need to like take a step back and uh you know i was joking with my friends uh, on the beach yesterday like oh it's so glamorous that we travel around with our own sewage all day <laughs> like, like what a fun lifestyle this is <laughs> it's like when i retire i don't want to necessarily be traveling around with my own sewage at a certain point in my life. I love it for now, but that's a life goal to be separate from my sewage. The classic saying on, on Marble, whenever something goes wrong, be it, uh, you know, a plumbing issue or whatever. My wife is famous uh, with me and my kids for saying, who lives like this? <laughs> Everybody wants to live like this for some reason. Totally. And you know, I was going to say tying that back to work, like, we, we had a situation where we had just gone through a really narrow pass and almost going in. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Go ahead. Okay. okay. So, um, you know, you're sitting here. You're, sometimes you have high adrenaline situations, you know, when you're boating. And we, we had gone through a very narrow pass, narrowly not going aground and rocks on either side and the adrenaline's pumping and we just dropped the anchor and you still have that adrenaline in you. And then I get a, a work call and they're just like, Oh, Hey, blah, 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 blah. blah. And you, <laughs> like, they're like, is this a bad time? I'm like, well, not necessarily, <laughs> but you know, and just that, that contrast of like, well, we just dropped the anchor. Okay. That's great. Well, anyways, let's talk about this project. <laughs> and it's hard for them to understand what you just went through 
where your house and your everything is mm-hmm. inches from the rocks. And now we're going to talk about the project. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And um, something I wanted to talk about was all the other things that go along with um, maintaining a boat and caring for a boat and being safe all intermingle with your work schedule. For instance, a storm's coming and we have to move the boat to this better anchorage, but I've got a deadline tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. And and how do you juggle all that as well as all the boat maintenance projects that just pop up and have to get fixed today because you need them tonight? And uh, how how do you deal with that sort of schedule requirements of a boat? For for me personally, uh, having a a business partner is is a is a big key, you know, having somebody that you can rely on to take over when you don't, when you're not there. I mean, there have been times where, you know, whatever, something has come up where I've just been completely unable to get online, you know, whether I was just late uh, on a, on a ocean crossing and didn't get there when I thought I would or whatever the case was. And, you know, he immediately picks up on the fact that I'm not answering and he knows that, you know, he, he needs to take over um, so that's, for me, that's a, it's a big weight off my shoulders, you know, just being able to have somebody, somebody else that can, that can help and do the, do that for you. It would be harder if it was just me. That's for sure. Cindy, any thoughts on that? Yeah. My, my husband, you know, thankfully makes sure that things are running and, you know, that we're not sinking and <laughs> that everything is moving forward. And we, we definitely both have our departments of what we kind of you know, look after on the boat. But sometimes I'm like, all right, I'm out. I got to, I have a deadline. I got to be tied to the computer for a few hours mm-hmm. and he keeps things moving. So that's, that's good. But yeah, sometimes, you know, we had this situation recently where there was a really big front coming through the Bahamas and we definitely had to move into this very protected area. And so we went and scattered it out by dinghy to check how the connectivity was in that area because we knew we'd be stuck in this little spot for several days during the front. And it ended up that the protected spot was a better connection. So that worked out well. Um, and we're preparing too. We're going to be going up to Wardrick Wells, Exumaland Sea Park, where there's no connection. So I'm trying to work ahead the next two days, get everything done that I need to get done, trying to get my son who's doing college online <laughs> to get all his stuff done so we can be completely offline for three or four days and then swing back down again to where there's a... Uh, where there's Wi-Fi. Yeah, when I was doing um, web design full time on the boat there, I I would just give a huge cushion of you know expected date of website completion. If it took me two weeks, I'd say it's going to take me a month just to make sure that I accounted for some of those uh, hiccups in scheduling and boat projects, etc. That came up. Somebody asked me recently, like, is cruising as enjoyable when you have to work? I, I guess I, I, I've done both. You know, I've, I've sailed extensively when I wasn't working at all and I've, you know, with work as well. And I, I answered that I think for me, it's about 80% as enjoyable. Uh, obviously, it'd be great if you didn't have to work and you didn't have that, that extra stressor kind of hanging over you all the time of getting to a place, of being at a place. But you know, still, I think in the end, the, you know, the benefits for, for me and for my family um, and for just being being able to work, but also be with my kids as they grow up and do all these exciting things still outweighs the alternative. But I will say it's, it's a little less than <laughs> okay, 80 percent. It's a really, really good number. I was going to jump in and say I feel I feel differently about that because I I love my work. I'm kind of weird that way. And I joke with my husband, I'm, I'm always going to work. I'm never going to retire because I love what I do. And I think for me, if I didn't, you know, it can be stressful sometimes, but I think if I didn't have work to focus on that, maybe I would go a little stir crazy. It helps me feel a little, you know, like, um, like an adult <laughs> sometimes when I'm so kid focused a lot of the day. Mm-hmm. And um, right. <laughs> you know, it gives me a good sense of accomplishment and a sense about, and for me, work is something that like I have a little control over and we don't have control over the weather and a lot of things that happen in cruising. And so it's nice to have something that I have a little more control over. Yeah, Teresa um, is a uh, journalist at this point in her life, and we're we're heading down to the Keys to boat sit for some friends for a couple of weeks, and so she hasn't actually been on a boat and done her job. So we're gonna we're gonna see how that goes. With she makes a lot of phone calls and she does a lot of interviews, being a journalist. So 
uh, we're going to be we're going to be checking out and see how that works pretty soon here because we do hope to get back out on the boat with Haven when he's a little older and actually do some cruising. And um, what kind of tips do you guys have for us? Any tips? She'll do great, especially because we have a toddler now. Yeah, my tip my tip for for kids and parents to be um, is just personally, I think like the earlier you can do it, the better. I've really enjoyed having the kids just grow up in that environment. It's it's maybe easier almost um, because you're not taking them out of out of one environment, be that, you know, a land-based lifestyle and moving them into a different one. For us, we found it really enjoyable. And we, you know, a lot of times people will say things like, oh, you know, the kids won't remember it. But I think it's something that's just, uh, it becomes a part of them, you know, whether they remember it or not, it's just who they are. And we love this lifestyle. So it's it's been great. And I think, I, I don't know, I think I encourage people with children and to get out there. And I think just a great benefit to everybody. We're excited for it. Get back out there and do some. I agree with what Pat said yeah, completely. And, um, I was going to say, yeah, our kids, you know, kind of like Pat, like our kids are brought home from the hospital to the boat. And, and so it's just kind of part of who they are, you know, like putting on the life jacket is like second nature and, you know, getting in and out of the dinghy is second nature and, and you know, conserving water on board and all that. And there's no right or wrong age, really. And, you know, a lot of people also will say, you know, don't bring teenagers. And we have our 17-year-old with us, and he, he loves it. Part of the reason why we, regardless of COVID, started pushing to, to move around again is because it's something he really wanted to do. And and he's he's such, it's so great having, like, oh, look at him. He's a competent crew member. He'll, he'll stand a night watch. He'll He's strong and agile and has no sense of self-preservation and will jump off the boat onto a dock and tie us off in a strong current. And, <laughs> and it's just great seeing how growing up mm -hmm. on the boat now is sort of, you know, turning into this um, person who can help out when we're going place to place. And so it, it's great. I think there's, like I said, there's no right or wrong age. Yeah, I think that what's, I think the important thing there is that they, they are actively engaged in keeping everyone safe. And I think that's a huge learning lesson for everybody, for the kids. They have, they're, they're all part, everyone has to work together to stay safe. And I, that, I, that's what we're looking forward to, having Haven grow up in that kind of an atmosphere, which is really unique and pretty cool. It really is unique, yeah. Um, I want to ask you guys about other ways that you've found people are working while they're out there traveling. Any unique, particular situations people have that stand out? We just met an interesting guy uh, a few months ago. We were in St. Croix, I believe, and he, he was a, a doctor, but he hadn't decided to become a doctor until he had decided he wanted to go cruising. Like, well, in his he was like in his 30s. Smart guy, decided he's going to go back to school. He became a doctor you know, over the course of however many years that takes, eight years, he flies off to uh, basically small, small towns that just need a doctor badly and they're willing to pay up, you know, and he goes and he'll, he'll be an ER doctor there for a month, but not even a month. I think it was like two week periods, two weeks on and like six weeks off. They would fly him in, they would pay for his housing and then he'd fly back. And logistically, it's a big deal, I suppose, but, uh, you know, he makes good money and, and he's able to cruise around the world. So lots of interesting things like that. Well, I remember, you know, reading the party books way back when, when I was a young man and, you know, they would just come into a boatyard and start doing projects for people. That's like the old school way or taking deliveries or something like that. Yeah. But, um, so many more options now. Yeah. It seemed like everybody with in the old days, whatever, they're going to go make uh, minimum wage working at some beach bar for, you know, a month. And I don't know. I don't know that there's a lot of demand or a lot of people that really want to do that to try to scrape by. So I think these days it's more about finding what you're really good at. What's your skill? You know, everybody's got something. They're just, what are you an expert at, you know, and then taking that skill and figuring out how that can translate, you know, into, into a life where you can move around and, and share that skill. Mm-hmm. And we lost, we just lost Cindy, I see, which is, well, she'll come back in. Yeah, it's interesting. I did that. I worked in a boatyard and Teresa worked in a restaurant for yeah. a little while. We kind of did some of that old school yeah. style work, Yeah. <clears throat> you know, but that was a long time ago when, when the internet was less yeah. of a thing. Yeah, yeah. She was working the night shift at a piano bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty cool. We were down in Florida, which was uh, right. well, a wonderful place to be. <clears throat> a lot of access to things, but... Yeah, yeah. 
does make it easier. Depending on what your location is, I mean, some of these, having a regular job is, is much more doable. Yeah. You know, you get into the Bahamas or some of the remote or remote, more remote islands, it does get a lot more complicated for sure. Yeah. Cindy, you're back with us. I think your microphone's off. I can you hear me? Oh, I am here. I, I can hear I you. Speaking. Yep, I can hear you. Okay. Oh, Interesting. All right, rock on. Okay, I was gonna say I don't know I don't know what you were just talking about. So sorry if this is out of left field, but um, I was just thinking about unpredictability and uh, besides weather and you know where you're gonna be anchored in connectivity, like um, it's also the unpredictability of where you're gonna be in two to four to six months. We don't really have a solid plan where we're gonna head from here. It depends on the boat and weather. And I have a, a television show that I've been pitching for the last year that looks like it's going to get picked up. And then that would change everything because then I'd have to be on location for that show for six months. So it's, it's interesting and kind of forces you to be very in the moment to go, well, like, okay, well, we're just here living this week. <laughs> we don't know what next week is going to be or next month or two months from now. Um, and you kind of have to be ready to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know the last three seasons uh, in a row, we really thought we were going to end up one place for hurricane season, and we've ended up somewhere completely different. And fortunately, you know, with this with this lifestyle and this working online, it's just, it just doesn't matter, which is kind of nice, you know, because uh, it is hard to have like, your life completely up in the air sometimes. It's yeah. nice to have a choice, but it's also it's also difficult sometimes to just wrap your head around just not being able to make solid plans. Yeah, I, I think that some people would find that completely undoable and be miserable with that sort of a lifestyle. Some people like to be very planned out month to month, you know, six months, they know where they're going to be a year, they know where they're going to be, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and that is something people should consider before they think about this lifestyle is that the flexibility is off the charts. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's just so there's true. no way to know what you're going to be doing really. Uh, once once you leave the coast, I think definitely once you leave the coast, it's it's all up in the air. I've seen people come to me and they bring you know they show me their literal spreadsheets of like yeah. every marina they will check into and every anchorage they will go to and I'll go, "Oh, okay. Gotcha. Mhm. Mm okay. <laughs> we'll see how that goes." <laughs> you know, and for me, I I think that like the nature of television producing yeah. and especially directing in the field part of what i do is i have to think on my feet and like you know you can plan a production and then you go shoot and of course not everything goes as planned so part of what you do is when you're directing in the field is say okay well now we're going to do this and we're going to change gears and we have to make this happen and that didn't work out and this person didn't show up so i i kind of thrive off of that unpredictability mm -hmm. but i know a lot of people need to feel like they have things planned out and that's not really possible out here. Right. When Teresa works, she worked for Outward Bound for a number of years and they would always require a float plan or, you know, an expedition plan of where they're going to anchor each night. And she always tells me how she would, she would make them just to satisfy the requirement, but like a day into it, she's off her expedition plan and never actually gets back to it. And that's just... That's the way it is, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Make plans and then change them. You know what I think? It's like it's like a constant state of planning triage. You're just always trying to uh, patch things back together as best you can. But I think that's also exhausting, isn't it? Because you're constantly thinking and rearranging your life that it's like, oh, I just need a break from thinking what the next best thing for me to do is. Uh, we do it all the time. We just, my wife and I, we sit up and have coffee each morning before we kind of start the day. And we just sit up on the top deck and talk and gather our thoughts. And so often we'll spend, we'll realize like that we spent the entire week just discussing what we should do next, what our plan should be. And then like on day 10 of this conversation that we're having every single day, it completely changes. And it's, at some point you're kind of like, we need to just stop even thinking about it because it's not going to happen this way. Right. And I think on the other side, we should also just um, step aside and say, well, on the, on the flip side of that, People have the monotony of going to the same job. <laughs> Some people do, uh, you know, the same thing of, in right. their life every single week, every single day. And that they're looking at the cruising lifestyle like, oh, my God, the, I need that change in my life. But, yeah. you know, everyone always thinks the grass is greener. So and that's what we always we always find in the end. In the end, like what wherever you end up, you make the most of it. And it's like and it turns out to be 
fantastic experience you know so so in the end it like almost doesn't matter mm-hmm. maybe the best thing is a little bit of both a little bit of this a little bit of that right <laughs> yeah, yeah cindy you there we did we lose you again oh we did <laughs> oh trouble today well that's right. par for the course when you're on a swinging boat yeah yeah trying to get wi-fi so she'll be back we hope um, now, Pat, have you seen, as as with the whole pandemic thing happening and a lot more uh, remote meetings, less face-to-face interaction, have you seen more people getting into this recently? Has your business been booming? It has. Yeah, yeah, it has. I, I think a lot of people are realizing that there is this opportunity available now to get out there, you know, and so what I try to do in my business is I'm trying to be a mentor and, and teach people how to trade, how to invest. Um, so that they can get out there and also make their money work for them, you know, while they're while they're actually all cruising. So they can supplement what they're doing and just basically extend their time that they're able to be out there. And so there's just tons. It's amazing how many people are are buying boats right now and how many people are moving moving aboard. And they're doing it without that big safety net that I think a lot of people used to. Uh, try to build before they they went on this lifestyle. You know, it used to be uh, the five-year plan, right? And everybody was going to save, you know, they're going to save X amount of money each month. And then at year five, they're going to have this much money and boom, they're going to, then they are free to go. And now everybody's kind of thinking, hey, maybe I can just go now with this little bit that I've got and get a boat and get out there and then, you know, make it work. And it seems seems to be happening for more and more people. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I do want to say, but I have another question for you. You, you, had, you had mentioned a coupon code for your business, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, yeah, anybody who's listening and wants to take a look at uh, Wander Financial and, check, and try us out, uh, we're offering a 10% off to the Morning Muster crew. So we got a coupon, coupon code Morning Muster, capital M's. So check out Wander Financial. And- is it wandererfinancial.com? It is. Yes, that's right. Okay. So I wanted to go on and ask you, how, how with all these people coming in, has it changed how it feels out there? Has something, the culture changed with a lot more people working out there and getting into it? Not so much. I don't, I haven't noticed like a big change as far as, um, you know, like space in the anchorage or anything like that. But what I have noticed is like just how many more people there are out there that lack experience and i was one of those i i was one of those that just bought a boat and took off when we did it it was a 35 foot catamaran and that seemed like a big boat at the time you know now everybody's showing up in 47 50 52 foot catamarans as their first boat with no sailing experience and that's been a little bit different as an experienced cruiser now you tend to kind of want to give that a little space as well (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's exactly why we went into the business we went into, <laughs> you know, to help people get get some of those skills before they set off on their own boat. Yes, yes. So. We met a guy recently who had a, a 52-foot catamaran, and he was in a marina, and he said they were stranded there for two months because the windlass was broken. And I was like, oh, two months for a windlass, huh? Um, so it just seemed like... You know, A, there was a a time when people would lift up their anchor by hand if their windlass broke. And B, Mm -hmm. you know, B, you're on a a million dollar boat and you aren't replacing a $3,000 part, which, you know, financially didn't make a lot of sense to me. So uh, I don't know. It's just a different group out there. I, I don't know everything changes over time, right? So yeah, true. Yeah, it's interesting. We, you know, our goal is that our our students, our clients are always come out feeling successful and will be successful with their cruising endeavors. And I think that when a lot of times when people take our course, they realize they don't need as big of a boat as they were thinking, realize that smaller is going to be easier to maintain and easier to run and cheaper to run. Yeah, I think that's one of the important lessons people learn when they're out sailing with us. Oh, for sure. I, I get to hear from so many of these cruising dreamers, you know, and, and I'm trying to help and encourage them through my business. Obviously, we talk about travel all the time. I've got a lot of cruisers out there, but it amazes me these days how the, the size and the expense of, of boats that people think they need in order to go out cruising, you know. 
Um, it's just grown, I would say probably, I think price price range that people are aiming for these days is probably three to four times higher than it was 10 years ago. You know, suddenly it's it's like four or $500,000 boat is like a minimum. Right. Yeah, I know. We, we, you know, we had our 27 and 28 foot boats and, and just loved that size boat. It's so flexible yeah. and uh, easy to maintain. And you're not spending thousands and thousands of dollars on little parts all the time. And, you know, the only reason we have this 45 foot boat is because we're, we're taking students with us. And financially, it just gets people out there so much sooner if they can choose instead to do it on a, you know, a smaller, a smaller or a less expensive boat. For me, I like to be able to pay cash. Uh, for my boat. Mm -hmm. And at that point, then I don't owe anything to anybody. I don't, you know, I don't know answers to anybody. If something goes wrong, it's just me. And, you know, if something happens to the boat, I could walk away and it's not going to, it's not going to change my life. You know, it's not going to be this huge financial burden for years to come. Um, so for me, that's a big thing too, just to have a boat, you know, that you can afford and then get out there. And I think once people do get out there, they realize like the boat choice, maybe wasn't as important as they thought it was going to be because mm -hmm. once you're on your once you're on your own boat like you don't talk about it anymore you're not talking about oh i wish i had this boat or this boat you're just living the life now mm -hmm. cindy it sounds like you're back welcome hello i'm very sorry for all the technical difficulties did the uh, the wind shift <laughs> I guess so. Well, we were just discussing um, how the pandemic has made things easier for people to get away from the office, you know, that we're all kind of remote, even though we're still on land, and that, that has uh, boosted people getting out and cruising and, and still working while they're out there on their boat. And uh, just wondering if you had anything to add to that, and if the culture has changed out there. For me, uh, I think it's, it's helped as far as working remotely. Some of my clients that are more corporate clients are a lot more open-minded and about traveling and working and they see that it is possible and that location doesn't matter. And for us too, as parents while cruising, while we always homeschooled and boat schooled our kids, uh, my son is 17 and a half and he's already started community college. And that's been a big benefit is for him to be able to get some of the weeder classes done for college out of the way remotely while still traveling with mm -hmm. us and hanging with us. So we get we get that extra bonus time with him, which we love. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That is a sweet deal. And any other, have you noticed anything else in the in the anchorages or anything like that? Other people you've met who are, are, are part of that boom? Um, not, and we have not met a whole lot. We, we have some, for, we know some who are working. Um, a lot of them are working a little more traditionally where they're more Monday through Friday. I'm very grateful that I don't have that set up. Um, I think more than anything, people are surprised that I'm working when they meet us. Um, they're surprised that it's possible <laughs> and they're surprised that it's, you know, a choice that, you know, we've made. And a lot of times too, I think people like we've gotten the response of people feeling sorry for me because like I still quote have to work. And I always try to explain like, no, no, no. I mean, while we do have to work, like, you know, <laughs> boats aren't free. Um, we, I love my work and I say, no, I'm glad I get to work. Like it's a privilege that I'm in a career that I, I can do while moving around and I, I get to, um, really, you know, sharpen my skills and interact with amazing creative people and still, um, expose my kids to all the great things about cruising at the same time. Mm. One, one thing I would like to add is that I, what I've noticed too, is that a lot more, seems like a lot more families are starting to, to get out there. People are choosing to go out there with their kids. And instead of the old plan of, you know, once my kids go off to college, then, then I can go cruising, you know, nowadays that's really, I think it's really taken a turn. There's a lot more, a lot more kids, a lot more families out there. I think maybe, you know, in the old, older days, you know, 15, 20 plus years ago, when you saw a boat with kids on it, it was like, wow, you know, like they must be, it was almost like the, the hippie boat, you know, <laughs> and, these days, <laughs> and these days it's not just the hippies, you know, out there with their kids. It's actually, uh, you know, it's, it's everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we talk a lot about how we're going to make money while we're cruising, but let's talk about saving money or changing our needs to reduce those expenses. We touched on it briefly, but I, I want to talk a little more in detail about that because I feel like it's equally as important as, you know, how does that fit into the plan? The first step they need to take is just when you think about it, you're going to go cruising and so you're going to be 
move onto this this small space and, and you're going to live this simple lifestyle. But but a lot of people don't want to change their online lifestyle to kind of fit that, you know. So it's like like the first step really is just you, know, how, you can cut so many things in your current lifestyle to do that saving. I mean, it's easier to save money than to make more money. Definitely, that's the place to start. Simplify your online life and then that will translate, you know, perfectly once you once you move to the boat. Um, for us, being out of the United States is what helps the most. I think when you're in the United States, it's such a consumer-driven culture. Temptation is everywhere. <laughs> this idea that you need to have this or eat that. So once you leave the U.S., I think that the saving becomes natural and you get into the rhythm of it. And And little things that, like, I've done for so long that I don't even think about it anymore, but... I, I've always cut my own hair my entire life. My entire life, I don't dye it. I don't do anything fancy. I just when it looks shaggy, I get in front of the mirror with a pair of scissors and I have at it. And people spend gobs of money on on little things like that. So yeah, you know, I think every family needs to figure out what works for them as far as you know where they're going to save and where they want their comforts. But I think once once you're out of the country, it helps. First of all, I think the big thing is tracking your expenses for a while. Track your expenses for a month and you'll see where your money is going and you'll realize there's a ton that can be cut out. I remember me and my wife, we were living in Minneapolis. Uh, this was before we had even moved to Chicago and, and we were you know living in Minneapolis, but it, we both worked in the same, in the same city. Um, so we decided to get go down to one car, you know, so we just sold our cars, we both drove in together. And it was, you know, it was a bit of a, for me, I, I could have gone into work an hour later and left like three or four hours earlier. She worked considerably longer hours than I did, you know, so we did have to work at it. I had to do, you know, commit to spending extra time just at the office and doing other things. But, you know, just cutting out these expenses and making these making things that sort of a little less comfortable, maybe your life is a little less comfortable, but you're able to save a lot of money that way. And you can find other things. I think that's a really good point about the simplifying down to one car, because when you're out cruising, you have usually one dinghy and (laughs) it's just like having one car. It's the same concept. Well, I remember a funny time when, well, it wasn't that funny when, uh, we were cruising and we were saving money by having me cut Teresa's hair. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, let's just say that we only did that once. <laughs> Didn't go that well, but um, you know, so things like that, you know, you, you can. So many uh, things like that, you know, the little things that you can just. I mean, I hate to rehash them. I mean, anybody can Google like how to save money, and you'll get like a one hundred right. top tips. To, you know, but I mean, there is there's so many little things that you can do. And for me, I think it comes down to one word I hate is comfort. Like it's just like. Everybody's life these days revolves around being comfortable and just being, you know, sometimes it's okay to be uncomfortable a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. like you don't have to have everything all the time and life can still be fulfilling and and enjoyable, you know? And so I, I, it seems like I almost strive to be uncomfortable in my life. (laughs) Like, you know, we've gone RVing, we've done uh, all sorts of different things and, like I always choose like the most vintage vehicle, which always ends up being a lot of work, but it's really <laughs> fun and enjoyable at the same time. And so I don't know. It's like I strive for that uncomfortableness and that, and it seems like, it, I don't know, in the end, it makes things more, more fun, more enjoyable and, and less expensive, I think. Right. I, I've, I've seen the photos of your, uh, your land vehicles and they are just stunning. Just stunning. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think going along with this is that when you're, it, we found it easier to save on a boat because you're not around all those things that cost money, like going out to eat and haircuts and stopping in for coffee all the time. And, and you're spending time swimming and hiking and exploring and, and those things are free. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a no brainer. I mean, you're out there on a boat at anchor. You're not going to, you're not going to go off on a big adventure just so you can go buy something you know somewhere like you've got you've got you've got adventure right there off the back of your boat you know so cindy what's uh what's out the window right now for you i'm looking at very bright blue bahamian waters and um a little resort Mm. kind of off our stern and lots of anchored boats to our starboard side um we are north of the famous pig beach in staniel key we are staying away from the pigs (laughs) but we are happy to be in this protected little corner. Um, I'll tell you one quick funny story. I do have one particular client, like I said, who doesn't know that I'm here. 
and I had to do a video meeting and I was in my swimsuit and <laughs> looked very much like I was in the Bahamas and I dingied back to the boat from the beach and I threw on a hoodie <laughs> just so I would look like I was, you know, sitting somewhere <laughs> generic with my bathing suit underneath Cold. and did the meeting. And they said, are you guys staying warm on the boat this season? I said, oh yeah, we're staying plenty warm, you know? So they know that we live on a boat and they just didn't know where we were at the moment. Well, we better not let them listen to this. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on the rest of the agenda for your day today? Right now I'm in uh, Arizona. We're up here visiting family for, for a couple months. And uh, so we're basically now getting ready to head back to the boats. It's in Aruba. Yeah. So now it's basically checking off all the boxes and, and getting prepared to do that. You know, there's always parts to buy and other things to do. So yeah, we're ready for some warm weather again. I, so even even Arizona in the winter is, is too cold for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, cool. And Cindy, what you you got another any more meetings today for your uh, for work? Uh, I do not. But the, today and tomorrow are going to be. I have a lot of writing to do um, and a lot of post production work to do because we're going to go offline uh, the next three or four days up to the Exuma Land Sea Park. So I'm trying to um, work ahead get my teenager to work ahead as well. Um, mm-hmm. So no beach, no beach today for me. <laughs> and, uh, and that way we can go enjoy the park. Awesome. I'm just going to head back now. I got to head back into my, my daily chat here with my wanderer group. Right. Uh, again, you know, if anybody's interested, we got, you know, we're on that wanderer financial and we just got a great group there. I mean, it's, everybody's very much, very like-minded. Um, wanting to live, uh, you know, this, this lifestyle of, of cruising and, and just uh, being free and earning your own money and, and making your own way around uh, around the world without, the, you know, without the nine to five. So I don't know, it's just a really fun community. And I, I encourage all of you to check us out. And- Excellent. Well, thank you both for chatting with me. This is such an important topic because it's a big roadblock for a lot of people. And, you know, like sailing itself, it's just another storm to figure out. And really appreciate all the insight you guys have shared with us today. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, I hope. Maybe we'll see you out there. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced by Teresa and Ben Carey. Angela McIntyre is our assistant producer. And the music is by Tim Erickson, my brother. You can subscribe to The Morning Muster wherever you get your podcasts or visit morsealpha.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Morse Alpha Expeditions. Until next time, stay found. Yeah.